when we've been dealing with you in Joseph's life and dealing with Joseph and the story of Joseph and the healing, the contrast with how he handled offense, hurt, bitterness, and the choices that he made versus Korah. We talked to you concerning Korah and the way that Korah handed things. And there's so many scriptures throughout the Bible that shows us. It's one thing I love about the Bible. It doesn't keep out the, the stories that are not so good that I may know and see what God's doing through their lives. It gives me a contrast. And so it doesn't just keep out the bad, uh, just tell me the good things. It tells me the, the choices that were made so I can watch that and follow by example their lives. And so we begin to look at the life of Joseph. We're dealing with you and dealt with you for a week. We've been stuck on this story because we taught you that 87% of the stuff that we are offended over is assumption. It's perception. It's not really what happened. And I'm telling you, I've been preaching this for months, and we still, some of you are facing things and have faced things to be offended and hurt over, and you're listening to me preach and teach this right now, and you've struck, we struggle with that because it's the way life is with us. But you have to, it doesn't matter, I have to pull down, tear down, sometimes tear down, not just reach up and pull down that thought, but I have to tear down that thought because it not only comes into my mind and my life and it's my natural response, but it, it will attach itself. You ever seen a vine that goes up a wall and it attaches itself? I'm going to tell you, there ain't nothing worse when you're cleaning up a yard and it's landscaping to when you get a vine that's grown up into a tree that's went up, it's not the vine that's the problem. It's the little twigs from the vine that's outgrown and attached itself to the tree. And then all the way up, it's intertwined. And that vine would be wrapped up in all those limbs. And you go to, I'm telling you what, I, I think you could move, put, chain up to a tractor and pull a car easier you can pull. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those vines, when they get tangled up in there, because they are attached to everything. And that's the way it is with our life. So much wants to attach itself to us. But we have to clear ourselves of that clutter. And it starts young. And, and, and tear, tearing out. I've, some of you have shared with me since I've started this message. And been preaching this in your life. And you went back to childhood and realized that, that's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a weed. That's a vine that's grown up on my life. And a perception that I should not have had. Things that happened in my childhood. Things that, my, that happened to my parents. Things that, they, that gave me a wrong perception. And so we realized from the very get-go that life and the enemy is more than tempting me with a drug. More than tempting me with, with, with lust and, and, and sexual immorality. So glad to have Peyton with us today. I've seen him. There he is. I'm so glad to have Peyton with us. He's, uh, I, let's give him a hand clap to be here today. I, he was with us last night, so there's a reason why I missed him this morning. 
But uh, I have him when I'm teaching most of the time in subbing, and he is a blast. Uh, amen to be around. We're glad to have him today. But our vines, they, they attach, and, and all of a sudden you realize that that's a perception that I should have never had. But the enemy from childhood tried to, to attach itself to me to give me the wrong perception. And, and, and the views that I should have, I was at a funeral and, and they made this statement that when we're born, the window's clear to see through. But all of a sudden, rocks get thrown at that window that crack it. How many knows when you got a cracked window, it, 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 it hinders your view? Mud gets thrown on it and it gets smeared. And it blurs your view. And all of a sudden, you do not have the right view. And that's what we don't. So we get offered drugs. We think alcohol is what we get. And that's the temptation and lustful living, all that stuff. But the temptation that we don't understand and realize is not just that. The enemy has been at work as young as he could work in our lives. To attach things. And so a lot of things that we view, and so when we view life, everything that happens to us, we view it through those lenses, those windows, those mirrors. I didn't realize, but I'm going to tell you, I want you to hear me now. I didn't realize how much the Lord was counseling me as a young man in my prayer closet because counseling was not known in that day especially in the church. But he is called Wonderful Counselor. He taught me how to, to decompartmentalize, put things in its place. And through much prayer, the Holy Ghost was leading and guiding me, cleaning my window, fixing things. Because he knew how the enemy worked in my life. The, the, the alcohol, drugs, all that. I wasn't involved in none of that. I was too young. But it was all around me. But the way my life had shaped me. Why? Because the enemy don't want me to have the life that God des destines and designed me to have. He don't want me to. to because why does God do Because God wants to get glory out of my life. And the enemy doesn't want that. The enemy doesn't desire that. The enemy desires to destroy that and, and, and to take that away. And so all of a sudden we don't realize that these perceptions are... And so 87% of what happens to us is assumption. We assume that's what they meant. We assume that's the way it was. And we don't get the full story and find the full story. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. You need to hear me and hear me real well. You always get both sides of a story. You always. That's why the enemy hates confrontation. And you really don't go to one and then go to the other. You get them in the same room and get. Because then all of a sudden, Brother Grady was in a meeting with me one time. And, and, and he was with me as an elder. And I was having a deal. And he told me, he said, Pastor, uh, he said, you, the way you peeled back and and you handled things, he said, and you exposed truth on a pedestal. He said, you lifted truth so high that it shined a light in all the room. And he said, even though I'm an elder and I was in that meeting for that situation, he said, you made me evaluate myself. 
Not because I was sick, but because truth is all that matters. Pastor Tommy said Wednesday night, uh, we stayed over because Marvin Winans was there and got to hear Bishop Marvin Winans, which was unbelievable and, and a highlight of my life. And the Detroit, Michigan mass choir was there. And I'm telling you what, it was very good. But Pastor Tommy got up before he did, and he said, Pastor, he was talking about my message. He said, Pastor Greg, last night through the Holy Spirit, took the candle of the Lord. He said, David talks about that candle of the Lord. And he said, in the Holy Spirit last night through the Word of God, took that candle and went into areas that, 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 that I, I don't go in. He said, that candle went into rooms that we don't even realize is in our lives. He said, it was exposing dirt in the cracks and the crevices. He said, only the Holy Ghost can do that. But the Holy Spirit begins to do that in, in my life and reveals to me these areas. Are, are, are you with me? But... 87% is assumption. It's the way I see it. It's the way I perceive it. And I don't get the full truth because I want to see it the way that I see it, no matter how it's really happening. It's the way it's happening. You've, we've taught you that it's the way it's happening. It's what's really happening. It's the way I see it's happening. But most of the stuff is assumption or what somebody told you and how, how, how many has had more, than, more times than not people tell you something that when you really got down to the moral of the story, it was not like that at all? They told you something that was said. Just this weekend in the football arena, there was something that the media completely turned and that was said that was not said the way they said it, and it caused havoc this weekend. And, and report ports, you know, everywhere of what was said. And, and, and it was made. And so I was talking about that with the boys last night. And all of a sudden I looked at them and I said, it's like when we're playing ball. And I look at one of them and say, it was like J.J. and Caden. I said, boy, Caden, J.J. said, he's going to whoop you. J.J. looked at me and said, I didn't say that. I said, no, I'm telling you, when we were playing around, y'all have ever done that? You do that to push the gen. Boy, he said, he's going to, he, boy, he said, your mama's ugly. But he didn't say that. But you do that to stir it up and get it all wound up. And that's the way the media is. That's the way it is of our life. And so in your life, you don't need to assume nothing. That's when the Bible said truth will be falling in the streets because we don't want truth. We want what we assume to be truth. We don't want truth. Because it makes us feel good the way we see it because it's the way we, we want it to be. Because it gives us excuse. Are you with me? And so, I, but that's, the, I dealt with that for several weeks. But then when we got to Joseph, we got stuck because now we're dealing with the fact that you were intentionally hurt. Intentionally done wrong. Intentionally portrayed they meant to sell joseph they meant to put joseph in the pit they meant for him to be done away with to get rid of him because of what his dreams the enemy wants my dream 
Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that master of dreams. And then in Genesis, where I got stuck, and I'm going to tell you right about them curtains right there is where that got me that morning when I was walking up here uh, getting ready to, to come into the service to get ready to preach. And I was looking up one scripture real fast. And when I did, I read this one before I read that one because I thought that was a verse and it was not even supposed to be that way. But the Bible says that they said, we shall see what becomes of his dreams. They plotted to kill him and, and, and get rid of him that we may see what shall happen to his dreams. A translation said, we shall see what will amount, what his dreams will amount to. And another translation of that word there, amen, it's not just amount to or see what will happen. It says, we will show him his dreams are useless. There's no use to his dreams. And so all of a sudden we realize that's what, that's what the Lord spoke to me over there about that curtain. And just over, you can ask uh, uh, one, one of the, the um, armor bearers that was helping me get up, you know, handles all that stuff. They'll come and make sure I got everything I need over here. And I just stopped and I was overwhelmed there for a minute. Uh, and, and I came onto the pulpit. It was just overwhelming me because the Lord spoke to me and said, the enemy said, we shall see what will become of his dreams. He wants me to not dream. He wants me not to have a vision because where there is no vision, the people perish. And we taught you that, that that's not just meaning visions as far as, as Bible, visions as far amen, as knowing, uh, uh, you know, just like having a vision of what the church is going to do and having a vision, you know, of, uh, of all the things, you know, like, uh, like we're going to do this as a church, we're going to do that. It's not just talking about it. It's in my life. I've got to lay, one of, one of the translations to that scripture said, I'm lasered in because the latter part of that verse talks about my eyes is fixed on the law of God. The vision, I'm fa I am lasered in on the plan, the will, and the purpose of God. Because if I don't have that vision and I don't have that dream of what God's got for my life and, and God's able to dream through me, then, 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 then we perish. The other word, amen, is this. When I have my eyes lasered in on the will and the purpose and the plan of God, the Spirit fills my life and I'm overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. Then we've been in Ephesians where it brings that out. When I know the breadth, the left, the, the breadth, amen, the length, the depth, the height of the love of God, and I'm firmly rooted, it brings a peace in my life that God's in control and God loves me. From that, I am filled overwhelmingly with the presence of God and the Holy Ghost in my life. And then I'm able to say he can do far exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond, supernaturally, anything that I could think or ask. And the other translation, of that word says even my wildest dreams when I understand God loves me and understands that God's got everything because that's what we've seen in Joseph's life that's been a recap right there in about five minutes that I'm going to tell you now we see that Joseph amen in his life that's what he because on the other side of it he said you intended for evil but God meant it for good 
In three different scriptures, he brings that out. He says, it was God, I think it may even be four times, that he says, God did this, God did this, God allowed this, God did this, because that's spiritual maturity when you can look at it all and say, God had a bigger plan. God allowed you to your sinfulness and your wickedness of your heart to do this. But guess what? He wasn't only saving his life, he's saving Judah's life. He's, he's saving his brother's lives because through this, they learn a big lesson and they learn, amen, what it is to be on the other side of being a betrayer, being one that caused the pain, being one, but he forgave me. All of us a type of Christ and the forgiveness of Christ, we know that, but, but what I'm showing you is that he saved not only himself, he saved not only his own family, his children. He saved his daddy's household. He saved his brother's household because of his forgiveness. That they were so worried, and, and I'm recapping some of this. So you, they were so worried that, that, that when he revealed himself, they didn't know it was him. And he said, look, it's me. It's your brother that you, you, you sold. It's your brother that you gave away. It's your brother you wanted to get rid of. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And he says, I'm telling you. He, and he saw Benjamin and he saw his brother that was his, 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 they were all his brothers, but some from other women, but this was his brother. And he said, he said, to see him all of a sudden. He said, I want to see daddy. And when Pharaoh found out about it, Pharaoh said, Jacob, or he said, Joseph, you get all the wagons you want. You get all this. He said, you go down and you get your daddy and you get your family. He said, you tell them not even to bring their stuff with them. Everything, just leave it behind. They're coming with us and you're going to take care of them because I am making sure you're took care of because of the dream that he had, amen, concerning, amen, or that Pharaoh had that he interpreted that dream. Are you with me today? And so all of a sudden, amen, all of that happened to get Joseph in the place that he could take care of, number one, the seed of God. The Messiah is going to come through, amen, the lineage. And God was making sure he was protected. you got to understand, everything that I go through and face, amen, is after that seed. The seed of Christ, the seed of the Messiah. The enemy wants to get rid of all of that. He wants to destroy that. But I, so it's so much, that's why I say to you, it's so much bigger than you are. The purpose of God is bigger than your family. The purpose of God, because God's not just going to save Joseph. He's not just going to save his brothers, but he's fixing to save an entire, are you with me? Amen. He, and watch this. He saves Egypt. Amen. While he's saving Israel. Amen. And God takes care of them all. Amen. And Joseph is the one of that, but that would have never happened if Joseph had not have forgiven. So, so that's why we come to this place and then we bring you to Christ and on the cross, the greatest temptation is Father, forgive them for they know not what they do to me. He could have called 10,000 angels to, 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 to get him relieved. We would have called him in the first minute. We would have said, angels, help me. Angels, get him. But he suffered, and he had no reason to suffer. He was betrayed, and he had no reason to be betrayed. He was perfect. Amen. Uh, no, no sin. He knew sin, but no sin in his life. But yet they rejected him, despised and rejected of men for no cause. God was saying, I'm giving you my only begotten son that you should not perish. And the world was answering back to God, I could care less. And the pain and the heartache and the suffering 
And he says, Father, forgive them while they're gambling for his robe, while they're piercing him. That brings us into that in our lives. That is one of the greatest temptations and battles that we face. But through forgiveness, healing comes to the world. Through forgiveness, healing came to Israel. Through forgiveness, protection and provision came to the people of God. All of those, and they, got, they were very, very worried. And then when they went down and got Jacob, can you imagine, boy, one preacher preached one time, man, and I, I, I've always wanted to preach this, and the Lord's never let me, but the circling of the wagons. I mean, can you imagine Jacob didn't know Joseph was alive and thought he'd been dead, and he'd been gone oh, man, over 10 years now, and he's thought he's been dead, and he's wept and cried over all these years, and all of a sudden you see wagons coming down the road, and they're slam full of all kinds of stuff. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord right here. I want you to know right now in your life, amen, when you come to that place that you can let it go and you can forgive and you can release it into the hands of God, amen, there's going to become wagons slam full of stuff. Amen. You, you, are you ready for this? Not just to your life. You're already sitting in that, but you're sending wagons now to get the people that didn't believe in you, to get the people that despised you, to get the people people that rejected you you're sending wagons to them come on somebody not because you're despotting them not because you're wanting to get get at them but because you realize man this is an evil world we're living in and we're all amen been plagued with sinful nature it's filio filio did it daddy loved me but it wasn't enough because it's filio love brothers love me but their love was filio and it's self-centered so when it came best to destroy me they did it because who was it it was filio filio that that plagues the world amen now i've received agape love and so now i want to shed agape love on all of those that hurt me because i want them all to know amen that 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 this your way is better amen agape love it's, it's not self-centered love amen it, it is the love that heals and the love that delivers Amen. And then I base my life in it and I root my life in it. So then in my life, everything, I'm calm and everything that I, my life is peaceful and calm because I've I'm, I'm, I'm got my root system in the love of God. Let's look at Genesis 49 and 22 through 26 is where we're getting to today. Amen. We got there last week at the end. Joseph is a fruitful bow. You have this, sissy. Joseph is a fruitful bow. A fruitful bow by a wellspring or fountain whose branches run over the wall. Somebody say, I want it in my life. Listen, I'm fixing to preach to you. I'm telling you, you need to hear what I'm fixing to say today. It's very important. Very important. Joseph is a fruitful bow. A fruitful bow by a wellspring or fountain whose branches run over the wall. Skilled archers have bitterly attacked and sorely worried him. They have shot at him and persecuted him. But his bow remained strong and steady and rested in the strength that does not fail him. For the arms of his hands were, his hands were made strong and active by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd and the rock of Israel. 
by the God of your Father who will help you and by the Almighty who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above, blessings lying in the deep beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your Father on you are greater than the blessings of my forefathers, Abraham and Isaac on me. This is Jacob blessing Joseph on his deathbed. And he says, in our lasting as the bounties of eternal heels, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was the consecrated one, then the one separated from his brethren and the one who is prince among them. He's a fruitful bow. Amen. Another translates that Joseph is a wild donkey. Another commentary, a wild donkey by spring. Spirited donkeys on a hill. The archers with malice attack, shooting their hate-tipped arrows. But, the, but he held steadily under fire, and his bow was firm. His arms limber with the backing of the champion of Jacob, the shepherd and the rock of Israel. The God of your father may help you, and may the strong God, may he give you his blessing. Best blessings tumbling out of the skies. Blessings bursting up from the earth. Blessings of the brass and of the womb. May the blessings of your father exceed the blessings of the ancient mountains, surpass the delights of the eternal hills. May the rest on, may it rest on the head of Joseph and on the brow of the one consecrated among his brethren. Amen. Somebody say, I want that in my life. Pastor Tommy's mom got up after I preached all oh, heavenly days. She got up after I preached, and you know she's been in church all these years. And Tommy talks, Pastor Tommy talks about her so much, and what a vital part she was—that old-time Holy Ghost field woman—and they would travel and sing and play the guitar. And uh, on his stage, if you've seen any of his programs right now, he's got a, a picture that sits right here on his stage. That that's the first church, and he said that's really. Uh, the second, he said, because we were so poor, all we had was one building. It was one story, and we put tarp on it, and we put some stuff on it to keep the rain from coming through, and that's where we had church. They were in a chicken house, but then they finally got this, and then all because of a vision, can you say man? all because of a dream. And so if you look at any of his stuff or was watching the other night when I was preaching, that's there, and then you got some baptisms, and you, then it goes on and talking about the vision, and then now they're building an $18 million facility that they're planning on being in debt-free by next year. And uh, he talked about every night about a kid that brought, walked up and gave a $3 offering. And he was tore up over that $3 offering because it's who he is. But I was talking about the vision from there to there. But at the, after I got done preaching, his mama got up and the Spirit of the Lord was moving on her. And she's real feeble. But she was moving on. They were staying behind her in case she failed. And she got up and she said, when I was 18 years old. She said, I went through a bad, bad storm and a bad situation. She said, I got hurt in the church and I got wounded. And she said, I wasn't going back. I was done. I was quitting. And she said, I, I was finished and I was going to tell that pastor, the pastor at that time, I'm not going back. I'm, 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 not, I'm done. I'm done with the pay, pay people do. She said, I was 18 years old. Amen. And she's up there telling this. She said, but then the Lord touched her. Can't remember exactly how she said all that. The Lord moved on her. And she said, all of a sudden, I overwhelmed. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord overwhelmed me. And I said, no, I can't do this. I can't let this get the best of me. I can't let this stop me and destroy me. And she said, I 
had my speech that I was going to tell the pastor. She said, but then when he called, she said, and asked me, to, was I about singing or something? She said, I said, yes, I'm, 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 I, you know, in other words, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And she was up there and she said, I'm so glad I didn't let bitterness take control of my life. And I'm so glad this and the Spirit of the Lord was moving on her and she was crying. But I'm still standing there on the stage and Pastor Tommy's standing there. And I'm thinking she's 18 years old when this happens. But the whole stories that I've ever heard him tell of her being filled with the Spirit, going to revivals, and God using her is what birthed him into what he was and their entire family and how that all of this church and this situation and all that God done in that place and God is doing in the $18 million facility that's supposed to be built. where There was over 40,000 people watching and probably a little over 1,000 people in the congregation. Amen. Are you listening to me? All of that hinged on one little woman at 18 years old that had to decide if I'm going to forgive or not. Am I going to, 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 to forget? Am I going to move on with my life? Or am I going to let this get the better of me? Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord to help us today. It's so much bigger than you. I get to looking back on my life at every situation. It's a temptation, folks. It's a test. Am I going to be like Jesus? Am I going to let it go? Am I going to forgive? Or am I going to let it get to me? Am I going to get bitter? Come on, are you with me this morning? I, I can't. Why? Because I want to be planted in the house of the Lord. I want to flourish in the house of the Lord. And I want to bear fruit in the house of the Lord. I want the Lord to be able to say, he's a fruitful bowl. He's a fruitful. Oh, somebody hear me today. What if Sister Janice Bates, what if she had not have forgiven as an 18-year-old girl? She would have went out of that church. She would have been lost. And she wouldn't have the heritage that she has today. But here she's got children and grandchildren. And now the second, amen, the great-grands are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen, Brother Josh Bates, her wife walked up to me. And she was broken when I first walked in the foyer. She said, when I was first, when you first came, I was a junior, my first year of junior high in the Christian school here. She said, it was my first year when you come. And she said, God used you to help my life. She said, I'm ecstatic because my baby boy is a junior, first year junior high. And here you are again. She said, I'm believing God's going to use you to help my children. Are you hearing me? Both two of them have been filled with the Holy Ghost in the last few months. Why? Because an 18-year-old girl said, I can't let bitterness get my heart. Because an 18-year-old, I'm telling you, your heritage is depending on your forgiveness. Your heritage is depending upon your letting it go. I will not get bitter. Pastor Tommy got up at her, then he told this story about a time in his life. He said, years. He said, years, not days, not much, but years. We went through a major thing in this church. And he said, every day of my life, I had to say and declare, I will not get bitter. 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 Not days. Not weeks. Years. He said, it's a space of years. He said, but I'm telling you, every day, I had to say I won't get bitter. 
Why? Because of the dangers and the detriment of bitterness. Resentment. Suspicion. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Because the Bible says in Genesis 41 that Joseph births children. This is where we were at last week. Anybody remember what the first one's name is? Anybody remember the first one? Shout it out. Manasseh. What does Manasseh mean? He has caused me to forgive. And to forget. Not just forgive, but to forget. And my, 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 my parental, my father's house. He has caused me to forget, forgive and forget. And my father's house. That means the stuff that I wrote up in, all the stuff that I, come on somebody, somebody need, you need that today. Some of you need to say as tough as it is, somebody help me get this vine out of my tree. I'm telling you, anybody know what I'm talking about? You yank and you yank and you yank and you yank and you pull and you'll get some leverage and you'll get some of it. I mean, I've cut it off and it'll be this thick and you just yank and you yank and you yank till finally I just hook it up to a four-wheeler and yank and try to wrap it around and pull it out and all of a sudden you do, you find out that vine goes slap up to the top of the tree and it's got little little root systems that's at the top too. So it's going like this and in there. But somebody needs to say, it may not happen today. It may not happen this week, but I will not be bitter. I will not be bitter. I will not be bitter. I want a Manessa that causes me to forgive and to forget not just what's happening now, but all the way to the root to my father's house. Oh, there is a healing for the people of God. There is a healing for the people of God. Healing. Lift your hands all over this house. I want healing from my father's house. That's yours. You don't need to be 60 still blaming your stuff on the childhood. There's healing for your father's house. Life is too short. You got grandchildren and you're still blaming it on your childhood. You got grandchildren and you're still blaming your weakness character in the certain areas of your life and your struggle and, and your fightings and your wrestling. You need to lift your hands and say, never. I'm gonna be a fruitful bow. I'm gonna be planted and I'm gonna flourish. Lift your hands right and say, I'm gonna flourish. I'm not just gonna be planted, I'm gonna flourish and I'm gonna bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Healing from my father's house. From my father's house. You say, Pastor, I'm telling you right now, it's a miracle to get, to get free from all that. But it is possible. It's a miracle. You know why we like it? Because it's something we can lean on to justify ourselves. Because we don't want to take responsibility for our actions. Come on, somebody. Chase's favorite thing right now is I'm trying to tell you. Dad, I'm saying, you just did. You won't listen. I'm trying to tell you. His mama, he's fussing and raises his voice. You won't listen. I'm trying to tell you. And yesterday, 
She said, or not before last, Friday night, he did something on the couch, jumped, something, did something. He goes, but I'm trying. And I said, it don't matter what you're saying. Your actions ain't lining up to what you're saying. So that's why we don't even want to hear what you're trying to say. Because what you're trying to say ain't got nothing to do with what you just did. Because you got an excuse for why you just did what you did. But there's no excuses in this life. Excuses are weakness. And we love to lean on them. At 48, I'm almost 50, folks. God, have mercy on my soul. Daddy sat in front of me Friday night in the stands. It was great. I'm looking at myself in 20 years. <laughs> and a man walks up to him. <laughs> you just got to know him. A man walks up to him, and you, the seats are real close. And looks at him in his face like this. I mean, they're right here. And daddy's going. <laughs> that man said, Is your name in us? He went, yes, sir. <laughs> and he said, did you used to live on brunch and hang on such and such? He said, daddy went, I don't know. I said, daddy, that's where I was born and brought home to was on Brunson Hill. <laughs> I wasn't even born. I just know that's what I was told, praise God. <laughs> But memories came, you know, and all of a sudden they started flooding, kind of find out he was eight years old, young kid. His mama died when he was eight, and he ended up going to church with daddy and them and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm looking at my future in front of me. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be a fruitful bow. I want to flourish. I want to be a Sister Janice Bates. I want to sit on the second row over here and watch my children. <laughs> I don't want to just survive. I want to dream. I want to be the planting in the house of the Lord. I want a Manasseh. I want an Ephraim because Manasseh, amen, means forgive for my house, my forgiveness and forgetting, and even for my, my father's house. My, my home life is what it's saying there. Amen. But then guess who's born next? Ephraim. Because if I can get Manasseh, you remember what I told you last week? Nine months, there's a conception, and then there's the nine-month carrying of a Manessa, so it don't happen overnight. It doesn't take place in a week. It don't, you don't just come up here and jerk and get it done. Praise God. It's going to take you time. Amen. It's going to be nurtured. you got to make sure, and then you're going to give birth. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be nine months. It may be three weeks or it may be three months, but you're going to give birth to that, and when you do, you're going to birth a Manessa. It's going to be painful at the end it's going to be worse than the conception the conception's going to be fun come on the miracle the touch the presence of God's going to touch you that's conception you got to carry it now and then at the end it may get more painful at the end but keep on pushing because you're birthing forgiveness in your life it's not easy I said it's not easy but when you give birth to a Manessa guess what's on the way Ephraim's coming behind which means Double blessed, double portioned. Praise God. Oh, I want it in my life. 
Praise God. Tim Hill preached Tuesday night on hands fulls on purpose. The bishop of the church of God. And he preached on handfuls of purpose. And he was talking about, amen. He was talking about, amen, uh, Ruth and how she was blessed and had handfuls on purpose. And man, he portrayed it and tell the story like you ain't never seen. He said when you, what it was was back in those days, it was, the, it was the DHR services of that day. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You ready? This is what got on me about it because he was preaching his part. But you know how I'm a preacher. You're sitting there and you're getting fed yourself. All of a sudden you just start preaching to yourself. Hallelujah. But the, the welfare system of that day was to leave by the command of God. When you harvest your fields, leave some. So the little widows can come in after you leave in the afternoon and get theirs. The orphans could come and get theirs. So you would, you, would, you would harvest your field. And then when you got done in the afternoons and went home, the people who were less unfortunate, the handicapped, the hurt, the, 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 the sick, the widows, the orphans would come. And they would get what you left. And you were commanded by God to leave it on the outside. <laughs> How many say, I want to live a life that I can leave some stuff on the outskirts of my fields that the orphans and the widows can come and pick from financially spiritually emotionally praise God I want to live a life in this house that the children coming up in this house can come and glean from my field I don't want to just walk in the door and walk out that's not planted y'all didn't hear me some of you don't understand what planting is. Planting ain't coming in and leaving. Planting ain't coming in and getting your word and leaving. Planting ain't even being part of the ministry. Planting means I'm intentionally want God to plant me so that I am being a blessing, being blessed, and being poured into, but I'm also pouring into others. Come on, somebody. Planning's way deeper than just being here. Planning's more than that. My root system's going deep. It's going, that's why he wants you offended and hurt and wounded because, amen, you'll never get a root system. But, oh, if you ever get a root system, if you ever get a root system, storms come, but the roots are going. I, 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 I want to give everybody a hand clap who stays. Come on, give everybody a hand clap who's been planted. Come on. You've had numerous times you could have exited. I've had numerous times I could have exited. Uh, come on, somebody. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've had offers and still have offers. Uh, amen. That are way more paradise. Uh, amen. To fit me financially for the rest of my life. Are you understanding me? And prestige. Uh, I'm talking about moved into positions. Amen. That people work for and in movements for the entire life. But I'd rather stay right in the middle of the will of God planted because I'm telling you, their finances can't put fruit on my tree. I want children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. I want them to be able to come behind and glean from the stuff that I leave behind intentionally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I want people to be able to eat from my tree. Lift your hands in this house and say, I just don't want to survive. I want to be planted and flourishing. 
Because guess what's fixing to happen? Oh, Ruth. Boy, he got me. He was talking about the handfuls of purpose from the Lord. But I got to think about our lives leaving behind, you know, stuff like that. He said, all of a sudden, Ruth, she didn't know nothing about the Israel system. And she said, I got to get a job, Naomi. So I need a job. And she said, well, honey, the way we do it here, you can go glean from fields. And so she went out and found some of the princesses of Israel, some of them young the maidens of Israel. She said, hey, there's a field over here in the field. Oh, Brother Tim Hill said, God took and moved this and moved this and moved this and moved this. Because she said, I'm going to cling to Naomi. But that wasn't what it was. This is what God heard. Your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. God said, I heard that, Ruth. God said, I heard that. And when God heard that, he went to maneuvering and push. Naomi said, I'll never have a son for you to marry. The system that we're in means if my son dies, if I have another son, you can marry him and he'll take care of you the rest of your life. She said, but I ain't got none, so y'all better stay here. And Orpha kissed her and left. Said, you make sense. That was the other daughter-in-law. She went on back. But old Ruth said, I'm going to cleave to you. Your God shall be my God. God said, I heard that, Ruth. She ended up in the right field. God. Matter of fact, she ended up in a long-distance family member's field who had been blessed. Praise God. And guess what happened? She went up there, and she came back home. Praise God. Amen. And she started unloading her little basket. That's what Brother Tim said. She started unloading her basket. All of a sudden, Naomi goes, Whose field you been in? Our system is to give you the system of Israel. God's way of living is you get a little few things from the remains. But that ain't a few things. She said, you ain't seen nothing yet. I ain't finished. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you right now, you got to shake yourself. Get bitterness out. Get rooted with fences out. Because God wants you to be planted in the house of the Lord. So you can leave stuff for people. Praise God behind. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's a life of fruitfulness and flourishing. Is anybody hearing me? Hallelujah. Get your eyes just off your children because God said because you're planted, I'm going to bless your children. Amen. But when you start flourishing, you're not just blessing your own. You're going to bless those that are around you. You're going to bless those around you, and then you're not just going to be flourishing, but your fruit in, in old age. Praise God. Sister Bates was shouting and dancing, praising the Lord. And Pastor Tommy said, she said, Ooh, I feel like he's blessing me more now than he did in the beginning in all of my life. I'm more blessed now. And she can barely get around, Mama. And he looked at her and said, Mama, the Bible said you'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Praise God. I don't want to just be blessed coming in this thing. I want to be blessed going out. I want to be blessed on my deathbed. I want to be... This is my picture. I want to sing on my deathbed. I want to 
speak in tongues on my deathbed. I want to talk about the harvest of God on my deathbed. I want to die dancing. I don't want to die saw on the wall hung. I want to die dancing. I want to be a sweet old man. I want to be a sweet granddaddy. I want to be a sweet preacher. I want to sit right here as the Lord tarries and my hair grow white and I shrivel up and die watching you and your children and your children's children be blessed. Oh, lift your hands all over this house and give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, CJ. Give him glory all over this house. Woo! Praise God. Come on, praise God. I don't want to just leave some fringes on the outside. I want people to leave my field going. Look, look at what was left behind. Look at what was left behind. Look, look, look. I've got it coming out every area of my life. Praise God. I'm not just making it week by week, month by month, year by year. Lift your hands all over this house. Give God praise. I can show you right now biblically. Six to seven times where God says, because of your father David's sake, 70 years after he was dead, and I can show you all the way up to 360-something years after he was dead in the grave, God told Israel, because of your father, David. Because of your father, David. 360 years after he went to the grave. That's why planted flourish fruit bearing is. Say amen. Lift your hands all over this house and give him glory. Double fruit. Now I said, woman, where you been? the man's field you've been in she said I think his name is Boaz Naomi went hmm and, oh my goodness gracious girl that's our long distance relative so that means he can redeem he's a kinsman he's kin to us she said, girl, you done ended up in the right field. God said, no, she didn't end up in it. I put her in it. Your attitude determines God's moving around stuff. Your forgiveness determines God's moving around stuff. Come on, you can be blessed and not be planted. Y'all going to have church with me. I, I, I didn't get here, but if y'all want me to, if the Lord wants me to, I may not talk about job. I just want to talk about fruitfulness because I'm going to tell you something right now. You can have gifts, but they ain't fruit. 
the gifts and the calling are without repentance. It ain't gifts God's looking for. It's fruit God's looking for. So just because a gift is used in your life don't mean anything. Oh, y'all didn't hear me right there. But somebody need to lift your hands and say, I just don't want to be gifted to give out messages in tongues and interpretation. I want fruit. I don't want just a gift of healing. I want fruit. I don't... <laughs> And I ain't got time, but I want you Wednesday. I'm gonna, I, I shouted in my office. I hollered in my office, and Jesse's like, "What in the world's going on there?" Last other Wednesday night, because I can't give you, I can't impart to you nothing. Only God can do that. Can you say, "Man"? But fruit is people that drop. You know, when fruit drops, the apple has more seeds in it than the tree that produced it. But it's got fruit. The fruit's all in the, the seeds is all in the fruit. It ain't in that old bark tree. <laughs> but in the stuff that grows out the other end of the branches is full of seed. That's y'all. Y'all bunch of apples. The Lord's helped me. Come on, somebody as a pastor. Bunch of apples. Praise God. Bunch of oranges. Bunch of, and man, but guess what's inside you? I have, come on, I was planted, and I'm just one seed that growed up, but it's producing fruit. But when y'all start hitting the ground, and your seed, you got hundreds of seeds in you. Come on, somebody, ain't no telling what God's going to do in your life. Somebody say, that's what I want. That's what the enemy don't want, because there's no glory in any of the rest of it. But there's glory when I'm planted. My roots go deep. It goes into the water of God, the presence of God. It goes into the word of God, and it goes into the family of God. And guess what? We all here together. And when a storm comes, this limb and this tree may hit another tree's limb. But that's how we get better. We don't get offended. We work it out. We get better. We don't get offended. We don't get bitter. We don't get up and leave. We don't get up and replant ourselves. Come on, somebody. We just go deeper with the roots. We mean, when you're feeling hurt and pain, amen, and isolation, you don't just uproot it all. You just go deeper in your roots. You're branches grow out further and you see I never was intended to move from relationship to relationship from friends to friends from one group to another I was meant to be planted and grow and flourish and be fruitful and my vines from the Lord in my life are going to go over the wall man alive. you say Boaz Well, guess what happened? She's down there, and all of a sudden Boaz come out and say, Woo, who that maiden? Who's that maiden? I've seen a lot of maidens right here, but I ain't never seen one like her. God's moving pieces around. And Boaz said, Who's that? And they said, oh, that's Ruth, that Moabitess girl that come home with Naomi. You remember her husband? Took them out of here. They all died down there in the land of Moab. And now here, she came back with her mama-in-law. He said, she called his, her husband's name. Ruth, Naomi's husband, Ruth's father-in-law. He said, you say? They said, yeah. He said, that's my cousin. 
if that means she's a responsibility to me. He kinsman redeemed her. We know it's Christ. Come on, somebody. I said, we know it's Christ. Hallelujah. And there's a certain law to be a kinsman redeemer. And he met every one of those laws. Jesus was our kinsman redeemer. And he met every one of those laws. Come on, somebody. Praise God. And you would be amazed at what this, what it was. It's all top of Christ. But guess what? He said, I'm going to marry that girl. So all of a sudden, she went from being gleaning from the field. He said, I'll tell you what you do today, boys. Y'all go out there and work that field. But when you get finished, he said, half of us said, said, I want you not just to leave a few things, but I want you to leave handfuls. I want handfuls just everywhere. So when she comes, so when she got home that next day, boy, she didn't just have, she had three or four baskets full. And then one said, what in the world happened? She said, mom-in-law, I don't have a clue, but it was everywhere today. Amen. Praise God. Woo! Then guess what? She gets married, and now she ain't gleaning in the field no more. And she ain't getting handfuls on purpose. But now she's living in the house, and the servants are bringing her. Amen. Come on, somebody. The, the fruit from the field. And now she owns the field that they're gleaning in. And now she's leaving extra handfuls on purpose. Somebody lift your hands as you stand all over this house and say, bitterness, that's what you want from me. You want to steal that. That's what you want offense from me. You want to rob me of that. You want to rob me of that. You want to rob me of that? I'm not going to let you rob me. I'm going to conceive a Manessa and I'm going to birth a Manessa so I can birth an Ephraim so I can live like Ruth. Not only that, she gave birth to a son named Jesse and Jesse gave birth to a son named David praise God hallelujah and Jesse was the tenth person born in the genealogy which you don't think means nothing but it means everything Jesse was the tenth generation which means the eleventh one free from the curse because ten generations before was a child born out of wedlock, which means you were cursed and you couldn't enter into the house of the Lord or be a part of the kingdom because you was born to an illegitimate life. Amen. Because you didn't have a daddy, that mama that was married. But the tenth generation breaks the curse. Uh, come on, somebody. No wonder David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let me go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than, than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Why? I'll tell you why. He had a sweet grandmama named Ruth that rocked him as a baby. They said, baby, you look different. You're a mixed breed. Your hair don't look like the rest of them, but neither does grandma's. I, I came from the Moabitish people, but this God that we serve, he loves you. He will engraft you in. He'll bring you in. She did more than leave handfuls of purpose. She birthed a David. She birthed a David, a man after God's own heart. Lift your hands right now and start coming all over this house and say, I want it. Be it so to me.